What's going on, everybody? Welcome to Ball in the Real World. Uh, it's been another incredibly busy week of Australian basketball. The week started with the draft, where Josh Giddy went number six to the Oklahoma City Thunder. That is all in the midst of uh, a Tokyo Olympics campaign for the Boomers uh, that has seen them lose their starting center. Uh, and then that's all happening in the midst of an Opals campaign that has had some crazy games and, and crazy comebacks. And that's all in the midst of an NBA free agency where we have a new Australian NBA player. So lots to talk about. As always, I'm joined by Steve Smith and returning uh, is Kane Pittman. Kane, hello. Let's start with the thing that's right off, you know, like that's hot on the presses. Jock Landale, he is now an NBA player. He sort of promised that, he sort of bet on himself this NBL season. He promised that he would make that jump. Two-year deal with the Spurs. We don't know the, the terms of that deal, but that's quite lovely. It is. Uh, you mentioned the fact that he was pretty confident that this was going to be the path. And we all knew you know, from speaking to him and and he basically outlined the fact that there was NBA interest 12 months ago and he just wasn't able to get over there. So the fact that he backed it up, had the season he had, and not just the season he had in the NBL, but I think the grand final series that he had in the NBL really put uh, an exclamation point on what he was able to achieve. And he's not the only guy, and I'm sure that we'll get to him, but he's not the only guy right now that I think all NBA teams would have been watching this Boomers campaign and saying, okay, we need to get this guy in the league and we probably need to try and get this guy on our team. So thrilled for him. I want to, who are you talking about? Because there's Nick K is, <laughs> is one. Jock Lander. Jock Lander, Jock... yeah. Okay, yeah, no, no, well, he course, played in the... Well, Nick K didn't play in this year's grand final series. I'm, gonna, uh, I'm not sure of you. This is true. No, I was under the impression that you were talking about another Boomer <laughs> who potentially could be bound for the NBA. I don't think Nick K is that guy, notwithstanding his like mm. pretty incredible campaign to date. Um, Steve, what do you think about this, this Spurs? Obviously, the Spurs lose Patty Mills, which we're going to talk about in a little bit, um, but they gain another Australian in Jock Landale. That team has Yaka Pirtle. They just traded for, for Thad Young. Um, Landale's not going to go in and play huge minutes from the get-go, but this is sort of his foot in the door um, I think he's shown that he can be a good teammate, a good worker. Um, how do you see that fit for him? Yeah, I think it's a really good fit for him. Um, obviously, the Spurs keep up their tradition of always having at least one Australian on the roster. <laughs> I think that that's a good thing. Um, but he's gonna—I think he's gonna fit really well as that stretch four, maybe sometimes as a relief five man. But I think the four spot in the NBA is where he's at, and I think that's the ideal situation for him. He's not expected to, you know, as you said, he's, he's not, probably not going to start, at least initially. Um, and he's got two years to sort of really find his feet at that level. Yeah, I'm, I'm intrigued as to who he guards or what he guards in the NBA. Um, yeah. It was, what was it? It was the Nigeria game to start this Olympic campaign where uh, Nigeria started small. I think it was Casey Okpala. And basically the, the Nigeria's intent was just to go at Jock Landau. Casey Okpala's, a, you know, a, a smaller four or a bigger three, sort of a wing type player. And so I wonder if Jock can guard those wings consistently or if, and if he has the size to, to guard bigs in the NBA. Um, I feel like that that'll be part of his learning curve. Um, Kane, do you think, uh, what do you, what do you see him as in the NBA? You know, do you see him as maybe a guy who can turn into a Yaka Pirtle sort of player, a reliable defender, or is he, is he a stretch guy primarily? Yeah, I actually think he's a five in the NBA for the reason yeah. that, that you pointed out, because 
I think that we're seeing more and more, and we're going to see it, and I know we're going to get to Team USA, but if you think about the lineups that they could potentially throw out there and Kevin Durant at the four, you're not going to have Jock Landau in that matchup, okay? And, and you're going to see a lot of that at the NBA level. So I actually do think that he's a five. There's not that many monster fives out there that are going to bully you in the post. So I don't think size is really as big of an issue as it would have been, obviously, a decade ago or however long you want to go back. So I do see him playing the five. I think we've seen not only through the NBL, but even in this this campaign, he's actually got really good defensive IQ in terms of his positioning and particularly his timing when it comes to rim protection. So I, I, yeah. I think he's a five. I think he's five. There's no doubt that I do think the question marks will be at the de- defensive end just from um, the, the, the pace of the game, the speed, his ability to move left and right. But yeah, I, I, that's the way I would see it playing out. So the Spurs lose, they gain an Australian in Jock Landau. There was a lose in Australian in Patty Mills, who, uh, according to Woj, two years, twelve million to the Brooklyn Nets. Um, it's, I think that's a discount for the Nets. I think Patty Mills is worth more than that. Um, but just, yeah. But it's the the fit. I think is awesome, and obviously the opportunity to win is is just obviously there for the the two years he's there. Um, Steve, put aside the how unpalatable it might be for for Patty Mills to go to this sort of Brooklyn Nets team. Um, do you do you like it for him? Oh look, it's I, I think I said on Twitter it's it's a glass slipper fit. It fits him so well. Like he can play either of the guard spots. He's going to come off the bench and he's going to provide that veteran leadership and scoring that that they need off the bench. So I, I there's not many situations I can think of that suit him better than this one. Yeah, Kane, where did you want Paddy to go? Um, <laughs> anywhere but the Lakers or the Nets. And like, I mean, you, you spoke about this, um, or Steve, sorry, you just mentioned that it's a glass slipper fit. I mean, it would have been anywhere. I mean, let's be honest. Like, he's going to come off the bench for a contender. And I think as soon as we saw the reports come out that the Lakers and the Nets were at the top of the list, then you understood that he was willing to take less money to go to a contender. But I think you could have looked at any team and said, yeah, he's going to make this team better coming off the bench and also potentially playing alongside a starting point guard in different lineups. We've seen him hit big shots in the past. So it's very un-Australian to to hope for nothing but the the best for Paddy Mills. But it's going to be tough to, I mean, it's going to be tough to sit here and say, geez, I hope Paddy Mills wins a, wins a ring with, with that Brooklyn team. I've, I've got no problem saying that the Lakers and the Nets, he shouldn't have gone there, but he'll be really good. (laughs) That team's going to be tough to beat. Man, look, it's, we've seen Paddy Mills, how effective he is off the ball. You know, just the the attention that Kyrie Irving and James Harden and Kevin Durant are going to, are going to draw you know, he's just the perfect release guy. He's a reliable shooter, a veteran. Like, I think I think he makes that team better in just a lot of ways. Um, another Australian point guard who... Olgan, let me just let me just jump in quickly. I, I'll on. tell you, we, we talk about recruiting at the Olympics. I think the mm. fact that Paddy Mills absolutely put Kevin Durant on skates on repeat in the fourth <laughs> quarter of that exhibition game may have led to Kevin Durant saying, okay, maybe I want to play with this guy in Brooklyn next year. So shout out to Paddy for... Uh, for, for doing that in that exhibition game. so I just like the idea of having two Australian guards on the nets. I just think that's really cool. Steve. Move Steve, on. My, <laughs> Steve, my goodness. Um, just control yourself. Um, look, we're, we're, let's talk about another Australian guard um, who is, I think, showing really cool glimpses during these Olympics. That's Dante Exum. He's currently teamless. Um, I imagine uh, he's 
the only other Australian free agent who will find himself a team. Um, he's still got value. Like when healthy, he's, I think, a plus defender. Um, he's still got NBA level athleticism. Um, you know, do we, what's, what sort of, what, what do you think, Steve, his value is at this point? Because, and I, so I, I wonder, does a team offer him anything more than a year? Um, do they sort of give him that year and, and not offer him too much yeah. money and, and give him time to show that he can stay healthy? You know, yeah. where, how do you see that? I, I, I think the, the, the big condition there is when he's healthy. He just, yeah. he's had such a rotten run. I can see a team giving him a year plus a second year on as a team option. I think, mm-hmm. you know, if, if he shows out and plays like he has played in Tokyo, I could absolutely see a team taking a flyer and saying, yeah, we'll, we'll give you a year. And if you're really good, we'll absolutely, you know, snap you up for that second season. Yeah. Um, I'm just intrigued as to, you know, who else is, what other teams are out there that, that needs those spots? Um, you know, I look at like, he can go back to the Rockets realistically. And I think there's there are minutes there for him. I think, you know, the, the Thunder, and we'll talk about Josh Giddy in a bit, but they're a team that really haven't made much noise this, this free agency. And, you know, they could use some more guards and, and potentially some backup guards and wings. And I think there's there's room for him in the league. Um, Kane, where do you... Do, is, there a, is there a fit perhaps out there that you like for, I guess, a forgotten Dante Exum? I don't know if there's a specific fit because I think we're at the point where at the point with Dante where I think a team will be looking at him and saying their rotation is probably pretty solid. Like yeah. I don't think there's a team out there that is is in a position where they think they're going to win this year and they're saying, okay, we want to rely on Exum for minutes in the rotation just purely because of the health factor. Sure. But I think the way that he's played for the Boomers in this Olympic Games, there will be plenty of teams that are saying, okay, well, we're going to fill the roster out. We're going to have a guy that we think has some upside, is still young, as you pointed to, still looks athletic. It's really just a question of health. And does a team think, yeah, we we can get this guy healthy. This is what he can do at the on the big stage and the highest level. So I, I think he'll definitely make a roster. And I think he's one of those rare players that coming into the Olympics or coming into free agency, most players, you would say, I don't know if you want to be playing in the Olympics and risking injury there with Dante's history. He was still one of the guys where you're like, he has to, he has to go and he has to play well and he's going to get himself a deal. And you talk about him risking injury. Uh, my God, it's, it's scary watching this, <laughs> this dude play. He throws his body around yeah. As, yeah. As, as recklessly as anybody. And like, it's, it's too potentially the detriment of his own body, but it's, it obviously benefits the team because I think he, he just works his ass off right um and you know we, we'll talk about the boomers in a bit before we do that um quick mention of josh giddy earlier this week going number six to the oklahoma city thunder Pro- it was probably that was probably the top of his range um and probably not where we expected him to actually go we, you know we expected somewhere in the middle of his range which was like six to 16 but the thunder liked him they, they took him it's really really early um steve just off the bat you know a team that just re-upped Shea Gilgis Alexander. Um, just has a ton of young pieces. They're gonna. They're not gonna be a good team, um, but they have some really intriguing, you know, young guys. How do you see that that fit for him? Yeah, uh, it's it's really intriguing. Like you say, like he's going into a really no pressure situation. It's pretty ideal for him. Really, he's yeah. going to young team. There's no expectations of how that team's going to perform. And he's going to, you know, what you can consider a small market. So yeah. he's he's not going to have all that pressure that, say, Golden State 
I know Golden State wanted him at seven. So if they had picked him, like that's a completely different scenario for him to try and grow. It's a win now situation. Yeah. And so if he's at Oklahoma and doesn't have that pressure on him, the team can learn and grow around with him. I, I, I think this is probably the best scenario possible. Yeah, Kane, when we spoke earlier in the season, one thing you mentioned was um, how well he, how well Giddy improved as the season, as the NBL season went on. Um, do you think, you know, knowing that that this situation, OKC, where presumably he can go in and make some mistakes, um, and, and you know, be able to, you know, just try new things and just has time and zero pressure to get adapted to the NBA game? Do you think those two things together should equal? you know, a, a good NBA player down the line? Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think it's a great situation, as Steve said. I mean, we look at only last year, and and I know that for a lot of reasons, people say, well, this is a pretty lazy comparison. But let's just look at LaMelo Ball and RJ Hampton, for instance, in terms of what can happen mm. depending on where you get drafted. So LaMelo Ball went to Charlotte. Obviously, he was in a position where there was some growing pains. He came off the bench, but eventually he was able to run the show, work his way into the starting lineup. RJ Hampton was the complete opposite. He went to a contender. He went to Denver. He wasn't able to get on the floor. Then he found himself in Orlando. And then all of a sudden, I, I'm seeing all these people saying, man, RJ Hampton, can, it's like, yeah, he can play. He can play. He didn't have opportunity in Denver. And not only did he not have an opportunity in Denver, but when he was on the floor, it was either garbage time or if he got on the floor, it was in a, in a high leverage situation in terms of a team wanting to, to push for seeding, push for wins. So yeah. if you looked at the two options between Oklahoma City and Golden State, I think from... A, a selfish Aussie person who wants to see him really thrive and have a fantastic rookie season and move into a great career. I think it's a great spot. Let's let's talk Olympics. Um, we, we won't talk Opals because they're about to, I guess, any minute now, head into a quarterfinal against the USA. Um, their game against Puerto Rico was insane. They needed to win by 25 points in order to be among those third-place teams that can that could advance. They won by 27 points and it went down to the wire. Um, that was crazy. The Boomers also have uh, an impending matchup with Team USA. That's a semifinals matchup after they trounced Argentina in the quarterfinals. I'm surprised that the Boomers came away with that sort of win. I don't think the 40-point line was indicative of the game, but it was a you know 20-point victory over this team. It was pretty convincing from, you know I guess, midway through the second quarter onwards. Um, Kane, how do you... When you look at this run so far, the 4-0, and I'm not entirely sure if 4-0 and is um, a good representation of, I think, how they've played because I don't think they've been perfect, as, as their record would indicate. Um, you know, what? how good are these boomers? That's, that's a broad question, but how good are these boomers going into, you know, this do-or-die semi? It's been scratchy so far, I think it would be fair to say. And I, I do think that that's why you probably look at the second half last night in a game where clearly there was a lot on the line. They were under pressure. And I thought Argentina were playing good basketball. They were shooting the three. They were moving the ball offensively. And I would argue they actually looked better on the offensive end than the boomers in the first half. So I think for Australia to be able to to function that way offensively, really get the transition game going. I thought the offense was a little bit more up tempo. I think it's I think it's a good sign that they were able to get it rolling heading into this USA game because I think it's been a little bit clunky so far. Steve this Matchup is interesting. The last two games between this, these two teams were warm-up games. Australia won both of them. Um, when you compare the matchup that we're going into now between Australia and the USA, it is different than the warm-up game in Vegas because Australia won't have Aaron Baines. 
Uh, he's been ruled out of this campaign with a neck injury. Um, and USA adds Devin Booker, Drew Holiday, and also Chris Middleton. I'd argue that the first two guys I mentioned have been, you know, game changers. They've been extremely effective for this team. And the USA have, you know, reps on the board now. And I think that's mattered. Um, it, it, we know the sentiment of Team USA being, you know, this invincible, scary team has sort of passed. But is do do you see this as a genuinely tight matchup, or is I think the USA is a favorite here, and I think and, and I want I'm almost as far as saying that they're a heavy favorite. Um, and I don't know if that's just me being pessimistic, but do you agree, or, or do you kind of hold that yeah. other sentiment? I think there's a little bit of recency bias because they looked really good against Spain. But my argument would be that Spain weren't great outside of Rubio. And I think any of the teams that were left probably would have beaten Spain, you know, in that game. So yeah. it's it, yeah, there's a bit of recency bias there. And, and But I, I yes, they'll, they'll be favourites. I, I, there's, there's no doubt of that. But this is an eminently winnable game. And just yeah. going back to his point about the boomers looking a bit, you know, scratchy at times, I think the sign of a really good team is when you win even when you're not playing at your best. Like, we beat a really good Italian team and at no point did we play, you know, optimally. So, to me, I feel like we've steadily gotten, the boomers have steadily gotten better the longer the tournament's gone on. So, I think the biggest key, obviously, in this this game is going to be, can we strangle them defensively like we did Argentina? Like, we can't, you simply can't let the US go on a a 15-2 to or a 17-5 to run because you're just not going to get those points back. So for me, that's that's where it's going to count the most. Kane, you're a, a Drew Holiday expert, I assume. Um, you know, how how much do you think his presence um, and presumably his presence on Paddy Mills and making life difficult for him, how much do you think that can change the outcome of this game? Because I'm, I'm of the mind that if, if Paddy Mills isn't rolling... Um, and as good as the Boomers' defense has been throughout this entire campaign, you know, defense doesn't necessarily matter when it's guys like Kevin Durant and Devin Booker taking shots. Um, how, how important do you think Drew Holiday is in, in this matchup? Yeah, it's probably the key for me. I, I don't think Patty's in for a fun time. And, and I think it's we've watched Drew, whether it was through the NBA playoffs, but even in this game against Spain, uh, yesterday as we're recording this steve and you mentioned it ricky rubio if you notice that game and you watched in the second half of that game drew holiday basically decided i know we've been switching these screens i know we've been switching these pick and rolls it's not happening anymore i'm staying on ricky rubio and we'll be fine and we'll end up winning this game and he locked him down he's done that for the last two months so uh, i uh, this is the big question mark for mine is patty mills just going to have one of those electric nights where it doesn't matter and he's hitting the threes he's able to put the ball on the floor penetrate facilitate it's, I, I do feel that if the Boomers win this game, it's going to be a pretty special or the latest, I'll say the latest special performance from Patty Mills because that, that's not a fun matchup. And, and it's not just what Drew Holiday can do um, in a one-on-one matchup, but it's the size and physicality. I mean, he is so much bigger than Patty Mills and it's, it's tough. It's going to be really tough. The, the winner of this game obviously goes through to the, the gold medal game. And if Australia wins, they will be guaranteed their first medal in an international tournament. Um, Steve, if if the Boomers lose, they face the loser of France, Slovenia. Um, probably the two hottest teams outside of Australia in this tournament. Um, Luka Doncic has been unreal as just a just a weird bit of gravity for a Slovenia team that has pieces around him 
that are just perfect complementary guys. Um, and then France is just, I think, stacked and have those high-level pieces that really excel here. Um, do you have that little thing in the back of your head and maybe your heart right now that says the Boomers, this is this is as tough as it gets, these next two games? Yeah, like I, tough ask to beat the USA and then... And even, and just as tough, I think, to if if you, whoever you're facing in that in that bronze medal game to to win your first medal, it is not going to be easy by any stretch. I just I yeah, you're right. In the back of my head, I'm just like, oh boy, yeah, because yeah. so as you said, Slovenia looks so good, like yeah. that, that, like you know, basically two name players, maybe three. So for them to get this far and not be and you know be undefeated and just they roll everyone. It's amazing to watch. It's international basketball, and it's so so good. And if we were, if you're doing a prediction, because I'm going to make you uh, <laughs> for Australia versus Team USA, what what's who wins? Well, if I was putting money on the table, I'd say it's it's probably the the US are the heavy. I would I would agree with you. I think they're heavy favorites, and I, and I think yeah. simply because of the offensive weapons that they have, because it's not with Australia, it does feel like yes, they've got different players that can score, but it feels like the reliance is so heavy on Patty Mills. You look at USA and you're like, okay, well, is it Devin Booker? Okay, is it Kevin Durant? Is it Damian Lillard? Is it Jason Tatum? Keep going down yeah. the list. So just the the weight of numbers feels like it would catch up. It would take a special performance. I'm not going to say they haven't got it in them because we've seen it before. Uh, I'm excited. I'm looking forward to watching it. But but yeah, it, w- it would it would take something pretty miraculous. Steve, what does what does your head tell you? Yeah, my head's telling me the USA, but <laughs> but I but I think it's close. Like I just I think if everything goes right, Australia win. Like like and but that yeah. how often does that happen? Is the question. Like you, you just can't let anything slip. So yeah. you, the the logical rational part of your head says probably the US, but I still think it's going to be very, very close. Let me ask you, both of you, this as well. Um, and I start with you, Steve. The last time these two teams matched up, there's so there's always an X factor, right? And I think Matisse Thibel was that uh, to an extent in that exhibition game between these two yeah. teams. And then it was Chris Golding. Um, and, and that little spurt from him at the end of the third quarter, and I think yeah. the start of the fourth, that yeah. was sort of the difference maker. Um, who do, who do you think is the X factor here? Because it's one of those games where as much as Matthew Delavadova has looked like a shell of his former self, he, he could come in and hit, you know, a bunch of three-pointers and, you know, change the Boomers' prospects in this one. I don't think he will. But it's, it's, one, of those, it's one of those games that crazy things happen, you know? Yeah. Uh, the, the, the two I think of immediately um, outside of obviously Matisse or someone like Delhi is Dante. Um, mm-hmm. I think you if he if he gets going you know if, if he can score in transition if he can hit a couple of threes if he can get a couple of steals and you know a block here and there he sparks everything and the other one is nick k um who as as we said have, has been a revelation you know, again um i think you know i think people forget about his world cup you know, uh two years ago so i think you know at, at the olympic level he's been phenomenally good does america you know does team usa ignore him a little bit make us because I think he's capable of getting us, you know, eight to 10 points. And that could be the difference. Yeah. Argentina ignored him. Um, yeah. And it, I, it largely worked to start off and then it sort of came back to bite them. Um, yep. Kane, what do you think? I think another name that comes to mind for me is Joe Ingles. 
I was going to say CG43 off the bench. <laughs> if you're going to beat USA, you're going to need one of those nights where he hits six threes. But I, I, you bring it up, and I, I hope I'm not jumping the gun here and you're going to get to it. But when you talk about Matisse Thibel, you talk about Nick K, Steve, I, I do think that there's serious questions that has to be asked about the starting lineup, specifically for this yeah. matchup. And I think a little bit of it is dictated by what the USA do. So if, if the USA start Bam and Draymond Green, then I do think that you can get away with starting Nick Kay and Jock Landau because the, the, those guys aren't really going to hurt you on the perimeter. Uh, you, you're going to want that size on the glass, but I, I didn't think you can mess around. Whether it is Daly that moves to the bench, whether it is Nick Kay if, if the US goes small and Kevin Durant's at the four, yeah. I, I, against this team, I think Matisse Thibel has to start. You need your best defender out there. He is the only guy that you can put on Kevin Durant and maybe he blocks his jump shot again early. Maybe he throws him off a little bit he's their only chance. They've got to start Matisse. I don't think it's time to mess yeah. around. Yeah, has to. Has to start. Yeah, I'm I'm also I'm looking at Joe Ingles as a guy who, you know, it everyone's been calling for him to be more to be more aggressive. Um and he was in the warm-up games and we've seen little glimpses of it. I think we saw bigger we saw more glimpses of it in that Argentina game than than the games before it. it just it, as a guy who can come off on balls or who can get get on the rim and create plays for others, right? Just draw defenders in and dish to others. And I think we need to see that. I think we need to see him, you know, have his eyes on the rim, look to shoot the ball. Cause I think in order to create some space for, for Patty Mills and those other guys to, to be effective, I think Joe really has to come out and be assertive. Um, and it's, I feel like it's, we're at the point of, you know, what do you have to lose at this point? Um, because it's not playing, you know, it's, it's playing his game. That's his game. That's where he excels. And I think he has to lean into that. Um, one of the cool things we'll get to see, of course, is uh, Patty Mills against his new teammate, Kevin Durant. Um, and we'll also see Jock Landau against his new head coach, Greg Popovich. Um, so there are many fun things to keep an eye out for. Uh, that game is... Uh, I, I am currently in LA, so it's, it's actually a pretty favorable time for me. I think it's in, like, around a 9 p.m. game. Uh, for you guys, it's not even a primetime game, is it? Was it 2 p.m. for you guys? Around 2, 2.15? Yeah, 2.15. Yeah, 15. yeah. Um, that's tip-off for that game. Um, we'll be around to wrap that up and probably wrap up the Olympics once that's all said and done. Um, that'll include some Opal stuff too, so stay tuned for all of that. Um, obviously, if you like what you heard, subscribe, head to your favorite podcast app, do all that stuff. Um, Kane has something to say. I've got something to say, and this is perfect timing. If this was going to happen, it had to happen while we were doing this podcast on my return this? to this podcast. I'm not going to mention who uh, broke this news because I, I don't want to uh, conflict with companies, but <laughs> Kiefer Sykes is in the NBA. He signed a deal with the Indiana Pacers. We knew this was coming. He was robbed of the MVP in the league, and now <laughs> he's back in the NBA. <laughs> It was it was a it was like a boomer's Australian pod, and you've thrown your keeper Sykes propaganda in here. Timing, timing is everything. <laughs> My is, goodness, this this is his first and last appearance in a while. <laughs> Look, I'm looking I'm looking at the notification now as well. Um, I don't know if that's a guaranteed deal. I don't no. know what kind of deal that is. Um, I'm gonna absolutely gonna piss on your bonfire here, Kane. That, that could that could very well be a, a, a two way deal. An exhibit Nothing 10. can bring me down right now, man. Nothing <laughs> can bring me down. <laughs> um, notwithstanding what Kane just did, please subscribe. Um, and please rate, <laughs> please rate and review and do all that stuff. 
Um, <laughs> this has been real. Um, thank you guys for joining me. Thank you everyone at home for listening. See you guys.